0: Praise the Lord, praise the Lord Let's give the Lord some praise today, hallelujah Glory, 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 hallelujah Father, hallelujah For you are worthy, O Lord, to be praised You are the almighty God, the maker and creator We thank you, O Lord We thank you today, Father We thank you for watching over our children Over our families, over us, Lord We thank you, Father, for your grace and your love and your mercy. And we thank you for this word today. We ask, Lord, that this word be edified in us and be a beacon of light to others. Father, we thank you, Almighty God, once again for all things. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Today we're doing Judah and Tamar. This is chapter 38 in Genesis. So let's get started. At the time, Judah left his brother and went down to stay with a man of alulam named Hara. Uh, the Judah there Judah met the daughter of a Canaanite man named Shur. Okay, hold on a second, people. I think we did this. Let me check. We did. Okay. Um, we're going to move on to 39. So, I have to make a correction there. All right. We are doing today, sorry about that, uh, 39. Okay. And this is about... Uh, Joseph being thrown into jail. Okay. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an Egyptian, who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, brought him from the Ishmaelites when he had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he proposed, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found in his eyes, and uh, Joseph found, sorry, favor in his eyes and became his servant, uh, became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care, everything he owned. Now, I want to say something here about this. Um, So, even though uh, he was uh, in the kingdom of Egypt, at this time, right, the Egyptians knew of God. They knew how powerful Uh, Now, mind you, Egyptians had their own gods, but they knew of God at this time, okay? And they knew that this man carried the grace of God on him and that God favored him. And so, being that he's the Pharaoh of the land, of course, he wants the best and he wants God's favor over his kingdom, so he's going to make sure that he is in right standing, okay? All right, let's go on from here now. Joseph, uh, oh, let's go back a little bit. I'm jumping ahead. Um, let's see. So, uh, yes. Uh, from time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned. The Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessings of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in house and in field. See, so he left in Joseph care everything he had. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. (laughs) Very wise king, right? Now Joseph was well built and handsome. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, Come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, My master does not concern himself with anything in the household. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this household than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. One day he went into the house to attend to his duties, and none of the household servants was inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, Come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. Then she saw that he had left his cloak in her hand. And had run out of the house, and she called her household servants. Look, she said to them, this Hebrew has been brought to us to make sport of us. He came in here to sleep with me, but I screamed, and when he heard me scream, he he, uh, screamed for help. He left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. She kept this cloak beside her until his master came home, and then she told him this story. The Hebrew slave was brought brought us, came to me to make sport of me, but as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out the house. When his master heard the story his wife told him, saying, This is how This is how slaves treat me. You turned. He turned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in person, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in prison and was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Sometime later, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt attended their master. The king, uh, I'm sorry, Sometime later, this is chapter 40, the cupbearer and the baker of the king offended their master, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officials. The chief cupbearer and the chief baker And put them in custody in the house of the captain of God. And in the same prison where Joseph was confined, the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph and he attended them. After they had been in custody for some time, each of the two men, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were being held in prison, had a dream. The same night, and each dream had meaning of its own. When Joseph came to them the next morning, they saw. Uh, he saw that they were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officer, officials who were in custody with him, in his master's house, "Why are your faces sad today?" Um, "We both had dreams," they answered. But there is no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, do not, do not interpretations belong to God. Tell me your dreams. So the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream. He said to him, In my dream, I saw a vine in front of me, and on the vine were three branches. As soon as it budded, a bloom, and its clusters ripened into grapes, Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes, squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup, and put the cup in his hand. This is what it means, Joseph said to him. The three branches are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position, and you will be Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's cup, and you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand, just as you used to do when you were his cupbearer. But when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. For I was forcibly carried off from the land of Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. When Chief Bar saw Joseph had given a favorable interpretation, he said to Joseph I too had a dream. On my head were the three baskets of bread. In the top basket were all known all kinds of uh, bread, uh, all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh but the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. This is what it means, Joseph said. The three baskets are three days, and within three days Pharaoh will lift off your head and hang you on a tree, and the birds will eat away your flesh. Now the three days was Pharaoh's birthday, and he gave a feast for all his officials. He lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and the chief baker in the presence of his officials. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position so that he once again put the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker just as Joseph had said to them in the Interpretation. The chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. 41. This is what happens when people uh, are in a bind with you. They're all there with you in that bind. Oh, they got your back, you know. But then, when they get free, uh, they forget about you. This happens most times. Um, Sometimes not, but most times it does. When uh, when two full years had passed, this is chapter 41, Pharaoh had a dream, and he was standing by the Nile. When out of the river there came up seven cows, sleek and fat, and they grazed among the reeds, and after them seven other cows, ugly and gaunt came up out of the Nile and stood beside those on the river bank. And the cows that were ugly and gant ate up seven sleek fat cows. <coughs> the Pharaoh woke up <coughs> He fell asleep again and had a second dream. Seven heads of grain, healthy and good, were growing on a single stalk. And after them, seven other heads of grain, stout, thin, and scorched by the east wind. The thin heads of the grain swallowed up the seven healthy, full heads. Then Pharaoh woke up. It had been a dream dream. In the morning, his mind was troubled, so he sent for all his musicians and wise men of Egypt, and Pharaoh told them his dream, but no one could interpret them for him. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, Today I am reminded of my shortcomings. Pharaoh was once angry with his servant, and he imprisoned me and the chief baker in the house of the captain of the guard." Each of us had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. Now a young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the God. We told him our dreams, and he interpreted them for us, giving each man the interpretation of his dream. And things turned out exactly as he interpreted them to us. I was Restored to my position, and the other man was hung, Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he was quickly brought from the dungeon when he had shaved and changed his clothes. He came before Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, "I had a dream, and no one can interpret it, but I have heard it said of you that when you when you hear a dream, you can interpret it." I cannot do it, Joseph replied to Pharaoh, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, In my dream I was standing on the banks of the Nile, and when out of the reed, uh went out of the river there came up seven cows, fat and sleek, and they grazed among the reeds. After them seven other cows came up. Scanny and very ugly and lean. I had never seen such ugly cows in all the land of Egypt. The lean, lean, ugly cows ate up the seven fat cows that came up first. But even after they ate them, no one could tell that they had done so. They looked just as ugly as before. Then I woke up. In my dreams, I also saw seven heads of grain, full and good, growing on a single stalk. And after them, seven other heads sprouted, withered and thin, and scorched by the east wind. The thin heads of the grain swallowed up the seven good heads. I told this to the magician's, but none could explain it to me. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, The dream of Pharaoh are one and the same. God has revealed to Pharaoh that he is about uh, what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good heads of grain are seven years. It is one And the same dream. The seven lean, ugly cows that came up afterwards are seven years. And so are the seven worthless heads of grain scorched by the east wind. They are seven years of famine. It is just as I said to Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt, but seven years of famine will follow them. Then all the abundance in Egypt will be forgotten, and the famine will ravage the land. The abundance in the land will make uh, the abundance in the land will not be remembered because the famine. That follows it will be so severe. the reason the reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms is that the matter has been firmly decided by God, and God will do it soon. And now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man and put him in charge of the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land to take a fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. They should collect all the food of these good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh, to be kept in the city for food. This food should be held in reserve for the country, to be used during the seven years of famine that will come upon Egypt, so that the country may not be ruined by famine. The plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his officials, so Pharaoh asked them, Can we find anyone like this man? one in whom is the Spirit of God. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Thank God has made all this known to you. There is no one so discerning with wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater in you. Pharaoh said, so Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes and fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot as his second in command. And... Men shouted before him, make way, this he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, but without your word, no one will lift hand or foot in all Egypt. Pharaoh gave Joseph the name zaphnath Panith and gave him Asenath. Asineth, daughter of Potiphar, priest of Onan, to be his wife. And Joseph went throughout the land of Egypt. I want to stop here for a second. So, you know, we talk about uh, a dress. Now, Joseph is part of the Israelite tribe. But you uh, notice he was dressed the way he was dressed in gold chains. Uh, today, for a while, there was a gold chain thing going on in this country. <laughs> it just brought it back to my mind. But that's a old, um, if you think about it, that's a very old custom. Um, It's like um, when you reach a status quo, uh, the gold chain gets hung around you to show that you've reached this status. (laughs) So, we kind of joke about it now because it's kind of gawky looking, but even back in that time, they Uh, would adorn themselves in gold chains. Okay, Um, Joseph was was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and Joseph went out from Pharaoh's presence and traveled throughout Egypt. During the seven years of abundance, the land produced plentiful, and Joseph collected all the food produced in the seven years of abundance in Egypt and stored it in the cities. In each city, he put the food grown in the fields surrounding it. Joseph stored up huge quantities of grain, like the sand of the sea. It was so much that he stored, that he stopped keeping record because it was beyond measure. Before the year of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph by Asanath. Uh, Asenath, daughter of Potiphar, priest on him. Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, It is because God has made me forget all my troubles and all my father's household. The second son he named Ephraim and said, It is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. The seven years of abundance in Egypt came to an end, and the seven years of famine began. Just as Joseph had said, there was famine in, the, in all other lands, but the whole land of Egypt, there was food. When all Egypt began to feel the famine, the people cried to Pharaoh for food. Then Pharaoh told all the Egyptians, go to Joseph and do what he tells you. When the famine had spread over the whole country, Joseph opened the storehouses and sold grain to the Egyptians, for the famine was severe throughout Egypt, and all the countries came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph, because the famine was severe in all the world. Forty-two. When Jacob learned that there was grain in Egypt, he said to his sons, Why do we just keep looking at each other? He continued, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy some for us so that we may live and not die. And ten of Joseph's brothers went down to buy grain from Egypt. But Jacob did not send Benjamin, Joseph's brother. When the others be- when the others because he was afraid uh, that harm might come to him. So Israel's sons were among those who went to buy grain for the famine in the land of Canaan also. Now Joseph was the governor of the land, the one who sold grain to all its people. So when Joseph's brothers arrived, they bowed down to him with their faces to the ground, as soon as Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them. But he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Where do you come from, he asked. From the land of Canaan, he replied, to buy food. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. Then he remembered his dream about them and said to them, You are spies. You have come to see where our land is protected. No, my lord, they answered. Your servants have come to buy food. We are all the sons of one man. Your servants are honest men, not spies. No, he said to them, You have come to see where our land is is protected. Is unprotected. But they replied, Your servants were twelve brothers, the sons of one man who lives in who lives in the land of Cain. The youngest is now with our father, and one is no more. Joseph said to them It is just as I told you you are spies, and this is how you will be tested. As surely as Pharaoh lives, you will not leave this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Send one of your send one of your number to get your brother. The rest of you will be kept in prison, so that your words may be tested to see if you are telling the truth. If you are not, then, as surely as Pharaoh lives, you are spies. And he put them all in custody for three days. On the third day, Joseph said to them, Do this and you will live. For I fear God, if you are honest men, let one of your brothers stay here in prison while the rest of you go and take grain back for your starving household. But you must bring your youngest brother to me so that your words may be verified, and that you may not die. This they proceeded to do. They said to one another, Surely we are being punished because of our brother. We saw how distressed he was when he pleaded with us for his life, but we would not listen. That's why this distress has come upon us. Reuben replied, didn't I tell you not to sin against the boy? But you wouldn't listen. Now we must give an account for his blood. They did not realize that Joseph could understand them since he was using an interpreter. We turn, he turned away from them and began to weep, but then turned back and spoke to them again. He had Simeon taken from them and bound before their eyes. Hmm. Joseph gave orders to fill their bags with grain, to put each man's silver back into his sack, and to give them provisions for their journey. After this was done for them, they loaded their grain on their donkey and left. At the place where they stopped for the night, one of them opened his sack to get feed for the donkey, and he saw his silver in the mouth of his sack. My silver has been returned, he said to his brother. Here it is in my sack. Their hearts sank. And they turned to each other, trembling, and said, What is this that God has done to us? When they came to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan, they told him all that had happened to them. And they said, The man who is lord over the land spoke harshly to us and treated us, though we were spying on the land. But we said to him, We are honest men, and we are not spies. We were twelve brothers, sons of one father. One is no more, and the youngest is now with our father in Canaan. Then the man who is lord over the land said to us, This is how I will know whether you are honest men. Leave one of your brothers here with me, and take food for your starving household and go. But bring your youngest brother to me, So I will know that you are not spies, but honest men. Then I will give your brother back to you, and you can trade in the land. As they were emptying their sacks, there in each man's sack was his pouch of silver. When they and their father saw the money pouch, they were frightened. Their father Jacob said to them, You have Deprive me of my children. Joseph is no more and Simeon is no more. And now you want to take Benjamin. Everything is against me. Then Reuben said to his father, You may put both of my sons to death if I do not bring him back to you. Entrust him to my care and I will bring him back. but jacob said my son will not go down there with you his brother is dead and he is the only one left if harm comes to him on the journey you are taking you will bring my gray head here you will bring my gray head down to the grave in sorrow Now, the famine was, this chapter 43. Now, the famine was still severe in the land. So, when they had eaten all the grain they had brought from Egypt, their father said to them, go back and buy us a little more. Now, we're going to stop for a second, because I want to go over this. You see, first of all, Judah suffered. He was the first one to suffer, but now... He wasn't the only one that that took part in that, okay. And they don't realize they were setting the stage for future, not just their time, but for future time, okay. Because what they did stemmed generations and generations later, okay. So now they're uh, now they're suffering because, and they have brought suffering on their father not knowing exactly what's going on. And um, for the moment, you know, all seems well because they're getting the food to eat that they need. But when the food runs out, then the problem still exists. Isn't that the case today? Whenever there's a problem, you might get something might come up that, relieves for the moment but then the problem still exists thereafter okay all right let's move on but judah said to him the man warned us solemnly You will not see my face again unless your brother is with you. If you will send our brother along with us, we will go down and buy food for you. But if you will not send him, we will not go down because the man said to us, You will not see my face again unless your brother is with you. Israel asked, why did you bring this trouble on me by telling the man you had another brother? They replied, the man questioned us closely about ourselves and our family. Is your father still living? He asked us. Do you have another brother? We simply answered his questions. How were we to know? He would say, bring your brother down here. Then Judah said to Israel, his father, send the boy along with me and we will go at once so that we and you and our children may live and not die. I myself will guarantee his safety. You can hold me personally responsible for him if I do not bring him back to you and set him before you. I will bear the blame. Before you all my life, as it is, if we had not delayed, we could have gone and returned twice. Pay attention to this very carefully. Who was laid to blame? Judah. Mm. Okay. Who has suffered much in the light of the world? Mmm, yeah. Uh-huh, yes. To even today. Okay. That says a lot, doesn't it? Not to say that the other tribes didn't. Yes, they did. The brothers suffered then, and they suffered today. But the Judah tribe has suffered because the blame was laid on Judah, because what did Judah say? Judah said, "Let's sell him and get the money for him. Remember that okay <laughs> Then their father Israel said to them, "If it may if it must be, then do this: put some of the best products of the land in your bags and take them down to the man as gift, a little balm, a little honey." some spices and myrrh, some pecan nuts and almonds. Take double the amount of silver with you, for you must return the silver that was put back into the mouth of your sack. Perhaps it was a mistake. Take your brother also and go back to the man at once. And may God Almighty grant you mercy before the man so that he will let your other brother, and Benjamin come back with you. As for me, if I am bereaved, I am bereaved. So the men took the gifts and doubled the amount of silver, and Benjamin also. They hurried down to Egypt and presented themselves to Joseph. When Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to the steward of his house, Take these men to my house, slaughter an animal, and prepare dinner. They are to eat with me at noon. The men did as Joseph told them, and took the men of Joseph, and took the men to Joseph's house. Now, the men were frightened when they were taken to his house. They thought, we brought here because of the silver that was put back into our sacks the first time. He wanted to he wanted to attract us and overpower us and seize us as slaves and take our donkeys. So they went up to Joseph Stewart and spoke to him at the entrance to the house. Please, sir, they said. We came down here the first time to buy food. But at the place when we stopped for the night, we opened our sacks and each of us found his silver, the exact weight in the mouth of his sack. So we have brought it back with us. We have also brought additional silver with us to buy food. We don't know who put our silver in, in our sacks. It's all right, he said. Don't be frightened. Your God, the God of your father, has given you treasure in your sacks. I receive your silver. Then he brought Simeon out to them. The steward took the men into Joseph's house and gave them water to wash their feet and provided fodder for their donkeys. They prepared their gifts for Joseph's arrival at noon because they had heard that they were to eat there. When Joseph came home, they presented to him the gifts they had brought into the house, and they bowed down before him to the ground. He asked them how they were, and then he said, How is your age, Father? You told me about him. Is he still living? They replied, your servant, our father, is still alive and well, and they bowed low to pay him honor. As he looked about and saw his brother Benjamin, his own mother's son, he asked, is this your young brother, the one you told me about? And he said, God be gracious to you my son deeply moved at the sight of his brother Joseph hurried out and looked for a place to weep he went into his private room and wept there after he had washed his face he came out and controlling himself said serve the food they served him they served him by himself the brothers by themselves and the Egyptians who ate with him by themselves. Because Egyptians could not eat with Hebrews, for that is detestable to Egyptians. The men had been seated before him in the order of their age. For the firstborn to the, to the youngest, and they looked at each other in astonishment. When portions were served, to them from joseph's table benjamin's portion was five times as much as anyone else's so they feasted and drank freely with him chapter 44 now joseph gave these instructions to the steward of the house filled the men's sack with as much food as they can carry, and put each man's silver in his mouth of the sack. Then put up the cup, the silver one, in the mouth of the youngest one's sack, along with the silver for his grain. And he did, as Joseph said. As morning dawned, the men were sent on their way with their donkey. They had not gone far from the city when Joseph said to his steward, Go after those men at once, and when you catch up with them, say to them, Why have you repaid good with evil? Isn't this the cup my master drinks from and also used for divination? This is a wicked thing you have done. When he caught up with them, he repeated these words to them. But they said to him, Why? does my lord say such things far be it from the servant to uh far be it from the servant to do anything like that we even brought back to you from the land of Canaan the silver will be found inside the mouths of our sack so why would we steal silver or gold from your master's house if any of your servants is found to have He will die, and the rest of us will become my lord's slaves. Very well then said him, Let it be as you say. Whosoever is found to have it will become our slaves. The rest of you will be free from blame. Each of them quickly lowered his sack to the ground and opened it. Then the steward proceeded to search beginning with the oldest and ending with the youngest. And the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. At this, they tore their clothes. Then they all loaded their donkeys and returned to the city. Joseph was still in the house when Judah and his brothers came in, and they threw themselves to the ground before him. Joseph said to them, What is this you have done? Don't you know that a man like me can find things out of divination? Now listen. <laughs> See this. This is turnaround play because uh, <laughs> for what they did to him. Now, okay. They are innocent. They haven't done anything. They have been righteous and kind. Okay. And this is what, uh, this is the lesson here. He was righteous and kind, but what did they do? They sold him into slavery. So now he's giving them a taste of their own medicine. <laughs> um, okay, so let's let's move on. What can we say to my Lord, Judah replied? What can we say? How can we prove our innocence? God has uncovered your servant's guilt. We are now my Lord's slaves. We ourselves and the one who was found to have the cup. But Joseph said, far be it from me to do such a thing. Only the man who was found to have the cup will become my slave. The rest of you go back to your father in peace. Then Judah went up to him and said, Please, my Lord, let your servant speak a word to my Lord. Do not be angry with your servant, though you are equal to Pharaoh himself. My Lord uh, asked his servant, Do you have a father or a brother? And we answered, You have an aged father, and there is a young son born to him in his old age. His brother is dead, and he is only one of his mother's sons left, and his father loves him. Then you said to your servants, Bring him down to me so I can see for myself. And we said to my Lord, The boy cannot leave his father. If he leaves him, his father will die. But you told your servants, unless your youngest brother comes down with you, you will not see my face again. When we went back to your servant, my father, we told him what my Lord had said. Then our father said, go back and buy a little more food. But we said we cannot go down only if our youngest brother is with us to go. We cannot see the man's face unless our youngest brother is with us. Your servant, my father, said to us, You know that my wife bore me two sons. One of them went away from me. And I said, He has surely been torn to pieces, and I have not seen him since. If you take this one from me too... And harm comes to him. You will bring my gray head down to the grave in misery. So now, if the boy is not with us when we go back to your servant, my father. And if my father, whose life is closely bound up with the boy's life, sees that the boy isn't there, he will die. Your servants will bring the gray head of our father down to the grave in sorrow. Your servants guarantee the boy's safety to my father. I said, if I do not bring him back, if I do not bring him back to you, I will bear the blame before you, my father, all my life. Now then, please, let your servant remain here as my as my lord's slave in place of the boy, and let the boy return with his brothers. How can I go back to my father if the boy is not with me? No, do not <clears throat> let me see the misery that will come upon my father. <clears throat> Chapter 45. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants. And he cried out, Has, Have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him and Pharaoh's household And Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. When Joseph said to his brothers, come to me, when they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now, and now, do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here, because it was, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been a famine in the land, and for the next five years, there will not. There will not be plow and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by great deliverance. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh. Lord of his entire household and ruler of Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, this is what your son Joseph said. God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me and don't delay. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me. You, your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds and all you have i will provide for you there because five years of famine are still to come otherwise you and your household and all who belong to you will become destitute you can see for yourselves and so can your and so can my brother benjamin that is really i am speaking to you Tell my father about all the honor according me in Egypt and about everything you have seen and bring my father down here quickly. Then he threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept. And Benjamin embraced him weeping and he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. Afterwards, his brothers talked with him When the news reached Pharaoh's place that Joseph's brothers had come, Pharaoh and all his officials were pleased. Pharaoh said to Joseph, Tell your brothers, do this. Load your animals and return to the land of Canaan, and bring your father and your families back to me. I will give you the best of the land of Egypt, and you can enjoy the fat of the land. You are also directed to tell them do this take some take some carts from Egypt for your children and your wives and get your father to come never mind about your belongings because the best of Egypt because the best of all Egypt will be yours so the sons of Israel did this Joseph gave them carts as Pharaoh had commanded And he also gave them provisions for their journey. To each of them, he gave new clothes. But to Benjamin, he gave 300 shekels of silver and five sets of clothes. And this is what he sent to his father. Ten donkeys loaded with the best things of Egypt. Ten female donkeys loaded with grain and bread and other provisions of the land. Then he sent his brothers away. As they were leaving, he said to them, Don't quarrel on the way. So they went out of Egypt and came to their father, Jacob, in the land of Canaan. And they told him, Joseph is still alive. In fact, he is ruler of Egypt. Jacob was stunned. He did not believe them, but when they told him everything, Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the carts Joseph had sent carrying him carrying uh, him back, the spirit of their father Jacob revived, and Israel said, "I'm convinced my son Joseph." is still alive. I will go and see him before I die. Okay, we're going to stop here at this point. uh, And we will pick up at chapter 46 tomorrow. I hope this has been a real lesson to you guys. Evil begets evil. And the sins of those continue on generation to generation, on down to the appointed time. Judah, in this case, and his brother's sin carried on through time. If you look at things in history and point back to this time frame, you will see they all suffered, not just then, but they suffered in the future tense, here, now, in the present, okay, from then to now. Um, And it's because of the things they had done. And the Lord said, I will visit your sins generation to generation, four generations out. But in some cases, it's longer than that, okay? All right, everyone. Uh, Thank you for joining our program today. Remember, if you'd like to write in to us, you can reach me at anchor.fm right slash Linda dash nine or Macmillan 75 gmail.com. Or you can send me a email to, uh, Linda mcmillan at Facebook. Okay. Um, there are also two buttons at the bottom of this page. Please feel free to press on either one that you're interested for donations and sponsorships. We appreciate all. We also appreciate those who write in and send us messages or questions. Thank you very much. Okay, everyone, this is Minister MacMillan saying have a blessed evening and good night.